one of the first days I was going to play the golf course um, for the first time. Never seen the course. I moved down there, getting ready to play. And a lady member who I had befriended was like, hey, you want to join our group? And of course, I'm like, sure. I mean, I'll play with anybody. So we go to the first tee. And little did I know that the other two people in the group were Tiger Woods, number one in the world, and Annika Sorenstam, number one in the world, and then me and her. This is On the Tee with HMB. I'm DJ Jones, and that was the voice of Tom Walters, PGA head professional at Summit Hills Country Club in our hometown of Cincinnati. Tom and his members were among the first to venture across the pond when international travel reopened in 2021. He joined us to provide a full report on that trip, as well as a few stories from his many years in the golf business, some of which include a guy that usually wears red on Sunday. We hope you enjoy the listen. Tom, we know that time is scarce right now, given that uh, golf season in Cincinnati is about to kick into full swing. So we appreciate you investing uh, some of that valuable time with us here today. Anytime. Happy to help. This is great. Look forward to it. Well, you've been a great friend to H&B for many years now. Part of that is in full disclosure, because your brother Mike is one of our expedition planning managers uh, himself, a PGA professional, and Mike's been with us for several years. But I'm more curious, how's the sibling rivalry these days on the golf course? (laughs) Well, it's not existing because I beat him down pretty easily. But uh, honestly, when we were younger, he won more times than not. Where things got a little dicey for him was when the tournament sign would hang, he wanted it so badly that he overtried and kind of collapsed. And that's where I shine. So our careers took different paths with that respect. But I will be first to disclose, when we went at it for fun, he got the best of me quite a bit. Well, you just touched on some of this, but we typically like to start these conversations, you know, at the very beginning. Everyone who loves this game kind of has that origin story of how they came to discover golf and and grow their appreciation of it. And I'm curious to hear a little of yours. Absolutely. Uh, My dad, um, we're very close. You know our family. I mean, we are tight-knit, thick as thieves. And my dad loves this game, even though he's been playing for 50-something years and he still stinks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, he just kind of laid some clubs out in the house one day, hoping we'd pick them up and try them because he loved the game so much. And sure enough, we did. And there was never any pressure. It was kind of like, hey, you guys wanted to go to the course. And it meant so much to him for us to hit balls with him was where, how it started. And then as we got a little bit older, um, you know, we would have these, I still remember them like it was yesterday. We'd have these little family trips down. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. So we went down the local public course down the street, little Miami. You're familiar with it. Um, And we would hit some balls and then we'd have putting and chipping contests for sodas. And we would grind and we want to win so bad. And we we had so much fun. And that's kind of got our passion and, you know, competitiveness was up because of those nights. We did it probably four nights a week and just, you know, it was wonderful, and I, I miss those days in a way. And um, but uh, it was great. That's you know, Dad got us into it. Little did he know the monster he'd create with, you know, two PGA professionals, and uh, and just he he loves it. He's loving every minute of everything we're both doing, and, and it's great. It was awesome. So then, of course, all of that led you to the golf business. And as we mentioned, you're now at Summit Hills in our hometown of Cincinnati thus the references to knowing the family and so forth. I've played it with you. It's a great club and a great course. But before you were at Summit Hills, um, I happened to be based in Orlando, and you spent roughly a decade across town at Isleworth, a place that 
is as well known for its residents as it is its golf course. Uh, you know, that place being home to Shaq and Tiger and so forth, it had to bring some great stories. And, you know, we'd never ask you to name names, but we would certainly love to hear some if you've got them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm a big believer and I like to keep a lot of my stories private, but the ones I tell are all positive and great stories. And, you know, I miss that place in a way just because of what you were talking about. The residences were so unique. You felt like you were on the inside of every story. You know, he would come back from one of the major and he was telling us all about it. We knew the, what was going on in the foursome and who was talking and, and it was just wonderful. And, um, you know, one of my favorite stories right out of the gate. I mean, I got hired there back in 2004 and uh, they hired me to be the playing pro. And um, one of the first days I was going to play the golf course um, for the first time, never seen the course. I moved down there getting ready to play. And a lady member who I had befriended was like, Hey, you want to join our group? And of course I'm like, sure. I mean, I'll play with anybody. So we go to the first tee and little did I know that the other two people in the group were Tiger Woods, number one in the world and Annika Sorenstam, number one in the world. And then me and her. So my first round of golf at Isleworth consisted of playing with both world number ones. And I wasn't nervous. I was more jacked to kind of showcase what I knew I could do. And, you know, they said, we're going to play guys versus girls on the first tee. And a couple of fun stories within the story were like the second hole is like a monster par three from the Tiger Tees. It's like 235 through a shoot of cypress trees over a lake. And I hit this just awesome shot to about six feet. And Annika's like, man, that's a great shot. And my my partner, <laughs> Tiger's like, well, you ain't seen him putt yet. <laughs> so, of course, I miss it. And, uh, you know, so all day in the best ball, we're not using any of my scores. And I'm playing really well. But, he, you know, he's so competitive. He's matching my birdies when I make a birdie and this and that. So to finish off this story, we get to 13, and, and those of you out there who've played it, it's, it's a diabolical green, especially the front half of it. It's very crowned, and he's got an impossible wedge shot from, like, 35 yards. And I hit a wedge to about three inches. And knowing that he's in trouble, I just say, hey, don't worry, pards, I got birdie locked up. And he kind of looks at me, and he gets over the ball, and, of course, he holds it for eagle. So he still don't use one of my scores. It was unbelievable. So – that was a great day. That that kind of spawned his and, and uh, my friendship for a lot of years. Um, to this day, still friends. And Annika became a really good friend when I was down there. Um, and, of course, another one of my great favorite stories with regards to Tiger is, you know, a lot of people who don't know him don't really know the true person. And if he was your friend or took you into his circle in a way, he would do anything for you. He was a, he was a wonderful guy. If he didn't know you, didn't like you, just ignored you. And some people took that the wrong way. But there was a time we were both practicing on the range one day. And he's, you know, of course, hitting it perfect. And he just took 20 minutes out of his day where he kind of sat, a, laid a towel down behind me and sat there and watched me hit balls and was getting hands on with my club and telling me positions I should be trying to get it in. And here's this, the best player in the world, maybe ever. And just he's giving me his time working on my swing. And for 20 minutes, I was hitting it like the best I've ever hit it. Now I was feeling like the greatest thing ever. And uh, those are the things I missed the most. It was great just being around him and, and Mark O'Meara and, you know, John Cook and Charles Howell and Stuart Appleby and, and Nick O'Hearn, great friends of mine still. It, just, it, was, it was a great place to be, really unique. Unreal. What a, what a great story. I don't even know where to really go with that, I guess, except to ask who won the match and who bought the post-round beverages in the clubhouse. Yeah, honestly – I think we did win. I think no money exchanged hands. I think we went and had lunch. That's, I think, what would happen. 
Um, a lot, you know, I find out sometimes a lot of the, a lot of the games that get created on the first tee end up just being nothing. They get you all jacked up and nervous and you want to play. And at the end of the round, nobody even brings them up. You just leave. Now those guys also played their own games, which were very different, but um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of things exchanging hands. It was more of just kind of laying out some competition and, and, um, but you know, that, that job down there, like I said, was great because of who you meet. And it led me to meet my wife there. I played golf with her boss from Disney and it worked out, but, you know, I got to know Marco Mira's family really well. And, and, um, he had let go of his caddy a little bit before Bay Hill in 2005. And his son was like, why don't you just grab Tom? He's a good player, knows the game. You don't have to worry about meeting caddies and figure out who you want to choose. So he called me and was like, you want a caddy for me this year uh, when I need you, which was, you know, a decent amount. It wasn't all year, but it was an, enough events where I had a great time. And of course I took the call and, and said, let me think about it for a second. I'm in. <laughs> And uh, that was a great year too, uh, just being inside the ropes, carrying a major champion's bag and just watching how he operates and just being on those trips. And it was wonderful. I mean, just, you know, a lot of great, great things coming out of that place. That's great stuff. Well, shifting to travel, uh, we mentioned that last year, you and a group of Summit Hills members were among the first to head back across the pond once international travel reopened. And really to kind of help us all get back into the groove of travel. And I'd love to hear about that trip and maybe any standout memories that you made along the way. The trip was amazing. It was my first time going to Ireland. Um, and as you know about the trip, I mean, I, we went to Dublin for a few days and, and got crazy and had some fun. And then the trip started uh, County Louth. And, um, and then we made our way to Northern Ireland for the trip. And it was incredible. And before I get into the golf, it was really interesting because, you know, I guess they have to do it, but they sell they sell you on a little bit of the doom and gloom, like, hey, COVID's still going on, all these tests, you got to get this to leave the country, get into the country, all this. So we said, hell with it, we're going. And we were a little uptight, but it seemed like once we got over there, it was really easy. I mean, it wasn't as brutal as everybody thought it was going to be. I mean, I was I didn't know what to expect. I have my kit, do I have this, do I have that? And it was very easy. And a funny quick story, we had John Daly as our driver, and you know John, and that guy is the man, he's he's hilarious. And because none of us had been to Ireland, you know, we're driving from County Louth into Northern Ireland, and we're all in there playing cards, talking, and he gets on his little mic, and he says, hey guys, we're getting close to the border checkpoint, get your passports ready. And of course, we're like, we're all like, what? Huh? Huh? Freaking out, and he starts laughing, he's like, there's no border checkpoint. You know, he has, it was hilarious, so... uh we had the best weather. I mean, you couldn't ask for better weather. It was probably low 60s, upper 50s every day, sunny every day, a little bit of wind. We got maybe six minutes of rain at Port Rush. Port Rush, it was a little cloudy, uh, but it was incredible. But yeah, so we started County Louth. Then we played, boy, I don't even remember the order, but we did uh, Bally Liffin, which was, I mean, every course was beautiful. It's hard to pick one, but Bally Liffin was great. County Louth was great. And then we went to, um, uh, we had Port Rush in there, which was, I think everybody's favorite. Um, it was a, it was kind of a one and one A with, with County Down, which I'll get into in a minute why maybe we chose the other place. But, but uh, and then there was this little place my brother kept telling me about called Ardglass. And he was like, you got to see this place. It's a tiny little golf course, but it's spectacular. That was maybe one of the coolest pieces of property I've ever seen. And, um, with the oldest castle was the clubhouse on the tee, as you know, and the cannons. 
And then, I mean, just hole after hole on the sheer cliffs. It was like, it was like Pebble Beach, which I went to for the first time this year as well. I was just, I was blown away at the views and you keep thinking you're going to turn inland and you just keep going back around more coastline. It, it was incredible. So I highly recommend going to Ardglass for anybody who has not tried it. It's, it's a wonderful place. Uh, and, and County Down was so great because the, the people that worked there and nothing against any other club. There's great people everywhere, but like we up and I think I even remember all their names and that's how great they were to us. Like Philip was greeting us at the, at the bag drop and he couldn't have been any nicer. And I even took my picture with him. I thought he was so wonderful. And uh, JD had called ahead and got the caddy master to caddy for me. And uh, Mick comes out, and, you know, he, I've taken pictures of Mick and he had me for two days and we had a wonderful time together. I mean, the pro sought me out. The starter was wonderful. Um, we couldn't have been more welcomed at a club that, you know, is, is at the time is ranked number one in the world. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like that was such a cool, unique experience um, that a club that that's highly rated is so welcoming to outsiders. You know, usually it's the opposite. Um, it was great. Um, but we, you know, one memories of one of the, one of the kids on the group, we had a whole bunch of adults and, and Phil Worman went with his son and and one of the holes at Port Rush, Sam holed out for the fairway. It was awesome. So he had a great shot into the wind. One hopped in the cup. We were going crazy. So those memories like that um, were, were fun. It was it was a wonderful trip. We had a great time. So this trip was with your members and, you know, some of whom have traveled with us in the past, even before this trip. I was fortunate enough to meet a few of them in St. Andrews a couple years ago. And But this was your first trip together as a club, if you will. Um, what was the response from the members who were on the trip? Uh, well, the trip, it's easy to be positive. They loved it. Uh, they thought the golf was great. Um, there was, everything was five-star, the places we stayed, the, the accommodations, just knowing your schedule. They loved every bit of it. Um, and it was great because it was the first time I had traveled with a group of members and it, it was a great bonding member retention experience. Cause you know, I was friends with these guys and still am obviously, but to go on a trip with them and it's a whole different animal at that point, different dynamic. And we just had so much fun. And uh, it, it just, what it does is the word spread because I was posting pictures on social media and our trip having so much fun while we were over there in real time that other members who weren't going have, were commenting on the trip and how it looked and they're inquiring about trips and it, they don't, and they want you to go. And, and, and it's wonderful. It's just, it's just another way that, that any club who's not doing it should because it's, it's another great thing that your club can offer to retain its members. You know, another, another thing you can offer, you know, um, and it, it's really cool. It's really neat. I, I enjoy every bit of it. This being your first trip, I'm curious, did you pick up any best practices or learn anything along the way that you might apply to future trips or maybe on the flip side, uh, that you might skip next time around that you had included this time? Um, I think, you know, knock wood, everything was pretty smooth. Um, the only thing, and I say this jokingly, is we did a, um, before golf one day, we did a side trip to see some of the things. And we went to the uh, Giants Causeway. Spectacular. If you haven't been there, check it out. It's wonderful. But <laughs> it's a lot of walking. We weren't ready for that. So we go in there and it's windy. And, you know, you're, we're fighting the wind on this, what seems like a long walk to get in there. But when you see it, it's spectacular. But we're all exhausted. And then we like, oh, you got to walk back out of there and then get on the bus and go play golf. You know, so that was that's our joke. We got to be in some better shape next time. But 
I wouldn't trade that. I think seeing something like that was, you know, you know, I always say, Hey, I don't take things for granted. I never know if I'll ever be back. So I like to see what I can and do what I can. And, and we, you know, we went in, went into some of the towns and ate with the, with the locals and, and, and it was, it was wonderful. I mean, I don't think I think I would change. The only thing I would learn as far as this fun is I'm pretty soft. I like to go to bed early. I need to get my, uh, my stamina up and stay out a little later with the guys. I was always like, I got them turning in. <laughs> so, but it was, it's, it's, a, it's awesome. I love the towns. I love, I love the locals. The Irish people are so wonderful. And um, we had a great time. Well, you know, you touched on something there. I mean, we, we always try to make it clear in the planning process, especially if it's a first trip that, you know, listen, you're going to walk more and play more rounds of golf and stay up later and whatever else might be included in the trip. You're going to do way more of that than you might do in the whole year. So you really have to prepare your mind and body for the week and you can't just pack a bag and go. Yeah, you are correct on that. It is, it's, it's a marathon. We did seven days of golf in a row and um, that was a good number. Like that was a high end number. I was still good because I, you know, I play a lot, but I was starting to get pretty tired. My members who, you know, play a couple times a week or whatever, they were getting gassed. Um, you could see that they, they were dragging come that last day. Um, so the trip we, I'm actually going again, um, going with some more members in October this year, we're going to Southwest Ireland. So I'm jacked, uh, but this is a five day trip. So I think they were talking to those guys that maybe seven was a lot. So, you know, there's some chances for some bonus golfer guys who might want to throw another round in there, but yeah, I'm definitely going to make sure we tell my guys, start walking early, get yourself in shape, <laughs> you know, all that good stuff. Well, my next question was, where to next? Uh, you mentioned Southwest Ireland is on the books for this year, and where are you playing? I'm not sure the exact order, but we are playing uh, Bally Bunyan, Waterville, Tralee, Duke's course, and we're playing um, uh, Adair Manor, where the Ryder Cup's going to be in 2027. I'm excited about that one. That one's a little inland, but it looks just amazing. Um, and then there's going to be some some room for some bonus golf if we choose uh, because some of the guys are going over early with their wives to do some sightseeing and then they're going to meet us. So there's a few of us who aren't going with wives. We might go over a little early as well and maybe play a round or two. So it'd be nice to maybe squeeze in La Hinch or anywhere. It's fine. I, I, I'm not picky. It'd be great to see what they have and, and fun, but I'm excited. I, I, I loved Ireland. So I'm excited to get back for sure. I'm curious, any courses across the pond still on your bucket list? Believe it or not, I've played a lot of places, been to Scotland, but I, I, I haven't played everywhere in Scotland. And a uh, bucket list for me would be uh, Muirfield, not played Muirfield. Um, and I would really like, or I'm very interested in doing the, uh, the trip to England where you play some of the Royals. Uh, we have a proposal in place for the same guys I went with before uh, for a couple of years down the road to maybe do that trek, you know, where you play uh, Liverpool and and. Burkdale and all those places up there, which would be pretty spectacular. Um, but, you know, when we went to Scotland, it was back in 2002, I believe, if I recall. It was a long time ago. And um, it was a big father-son trip, and it was the time of our lives. And we played, you know, St. Andrews and Carnoustie and you name them. We played in Kingsbarns, you know, Turnberry. I haven't seen the redo at Turnberry, so I got to get back there. I hear that part three, and, you know, it's just spectacular. 
but I would love to go back to kind of relive some of those memories of some of those places because there were some great courses. I still think this was not the question, but as far as in Scotland, I think my favorite golf course, they were all great for different reasons, but my favorite place was Royal Dornick way up north. I thought that golf course was just something special. And I, I we still talk about to this day like it was yesterday about how much we love that place. And of course, the old course, the old course, the history, it's it's amazing. It's an emotional experience. Um, and then, you know, Carnegie's just hard, but it's great. And uh, you just go down the line. But something about Royal Dornick was was special. That place is, is cool. Very cool. Love to get back there. Well, Tom, we could do this all day, I think. And uh, you have been more than generous with your time. Uh, but before we go, what advice would you give to the young PGA professional who's just getting started in their career? I think that this is one of the best jobs around. I mean, you used to hear that song and dance, uh, that it was a bad, bad business to be in. I think it's a wonderful business to be in. It's very much changed. It's not like the old days where everybody's working 90 hours a week. Um, you know, I give my guys a couple of days off a week. Uh, the big thing the PGA of America is pushing right now is work-life balance. Um, I love this job because like you said, the people, we talked about it earlier, the fact that I'm around a game that I absolutely love and I get to share what I've learned from Tiger and those guys in my lessons to help people get better. Um, I can go out and play golf when I, when I want to. If I decide I have some free time, I'm going to play nine holes or 18 holes. I'm in. I'm having a bad day. I can go hit some balls for a little while to kind of blow off some steam. I can walk outside whenever I want. Um, and, and it's just it's just a great business. I I, I think there's – this game is growing and it, it's, it's, it's a lot of people's passion and I like to be at the forefront of it and try to make their experiences that great. So you can retain your members and just have fun. Um, so anybody that's new getting in the business, I would say, you know, get your class A as fast as possible so you can open those doors for yourself for your career. Um, but, you know, learn as much as you can out, be outgoing, um, get to know these members and it's a very rewarding career. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I don't view this as work. I, I get up, come to work willingly, and I, I'm excited about the day. I love just, you know, laughing with my members, poking fun at some of them, you know, you get doing all the fun stuff and helping people get better at golf. And it's just a great business. It really is. So um, that I would just tell people to, uh, when you get in, the, the longer you drag your feet on your work, the more overwhelming it seems. Those are the guys that seem to fall out of the business. But if you get in early and you're still in that college mode, just knock it out. Just knock it out. Get it done. Get your class A and then spread your wings um, and start making those connections because it's it's uh, it's a great business. I cherish my job. You know, I do. Well, that's great advice, Tom. And I don't think there's a better way to have put a bow on all of this. Thank you again for investing uh, your valuable time with us. Uh, we certainly wish you and all of your members a great season ahead. And we're certainly looking forward to uh, Southwest Ireland. Awesome, DJ. Thank you, bud. I appreciate the call. This is, this is wonderful. Our pleasure, Tom. We'll see you in Ireland. Okay. See you.